0: What's up what's up bitches happy Wednesday and welcome back to another episode of positively uncensored just in case you're new here it's your host Leah and I'm super excited for this episode because I get to dive into the ultimatum the finale the reunion they were both posted at the same time for us and a lot happened so I'm super excited to get into it I just want to give a reminder that we are a couple of days away from the start of September, and I'm going to be doing a fall book club. I've never done a book club with the podcast yet. This is my first go around. I think I have... You know more than a handful of people that are going to be reading the same book as me. We're going to be talking about it weekly. I'm going to incorporate the books into my podcast, maybe even do separate episodes just about the readings, but I'm really excited. The books you can find at the library, so Set Boundaries, Find Peace, by Dr. Nedra glover Tawab i think you can get that at your library you can get it on amazon it was recently on sale then also the queen v by dr jackie from Mary to medicine i was told that that's at the library too so check your local library see if you can get them for free if you can you know you're just going to need them for the next month however long it takes you to read um The purpose of the two books is because The Queen Bee is all about our vaginas. It's about being a woman um, and learning things about our bodies that perhaps we don't know, we should know, having access to information um, that Dr. Jackie wants to share and believes all women should have. Um, It's clashing with my reality side because I did watch the first couple of seasons of Married to Medicine, which I loved so I like that that book's a combination. Set Boundaries, Find Peace has been changing my life. I snip away at the book in sections um, just because it resonates hard. It's not like a fictional book, so when you're reading it, it's more like a self-help style. But it's a great, phenomenal book. I steered away from self-help books for a long time because it just felt like too much for me. Um, I don't want to be told what I'm doing wrong with my life. I already I'm an introspective person where I'm constantly looking at things that I can do to make my life better, others' lives better. So this book is not like that. It's great. It's helpful. It's a tool. Once you read it, if you got it from the library, you're you're probably going to end up wanting to buy it, underline it, etc. But let's get into the ultimatum without further ado. I'm super excited. So in the finale episode, we see four couples... Say four yeses. This is a surprise to me. I'm not going to sit here and act as if I foresaw all of this coming. I'm not going to pretend that I pictured all of the couples saying yes. So I'm going to give my honest opinion right out the gate. We saw Raya and Trey. They were the first couple. I thought, based on what we had seen on Netflix, that they were not going to say yes. I thought that Raya was in, you know, a different place. Um, where she wanted to start her new life in Atlanta. Trey at the time was not willing to go with her. So, and she's very young. It felt like maybe something was missing as far as romance or not attraction necessarily. But I think there was a conversation had where there's like some, you know, issues getting wet or, you know, lack of affection from Trey. So, This is what Netflix allowed us to see. It built a lot of doubt. You know, Lisa thought from the beginning that Raya didn't even like Trey. She was here to explore other options, see what her life would look like without him. So, this is on Netflix. They do this all the time. They did it with Love is Blind. They've done it with a lot of other shows, but they want to make us think one thing. And while I get it, you know, I don't because just let us see a more authentic representation of the couples. It's like a surprise when we see if they're, you know, actually going to get married and not in a good way though like we want to be wondering who will say yes and who won't but that's based off of new connections not you know missing the good stuff of the relationships that walked into the house anyways next couple that came out of the gate after Raya and Trey said yes to each other and it was very sweet actually Um, I kind of thought that Trey Started to you know be enticed by Ryan, but now that I look at their relationship, there was really no kissing, no hand holding. It really did seem like they were comfortable with one another, um, maybe just as friends. You know, so I I can see that being more of a friendship. Hindsight being what it is, but at the time I was standing Ryan and Trey. I wanted to see them both kind of say no to their original partners and date each other after the experience so on to ryan and james james is not a fan favorite this season that's that's literally no surprise the side of james that we've seen might be a really extreme version of his personality just to play devil's advocate for a moment He's coming into the house, as everybody is, with his own trauma, a lot of which Ryan is not even privy to, and their seven years of a relationship, despite knowing each other from high school, it was surprising to me that she didn't know the extent of his childhood or really what he had been through. I kind of thought that maybe that was a part of the show, but it seems pretty legit that he had not really opened up prior to this experience. Regardless, the clips that we saw were just odd, Um, you know, in his relationship and in his time with Raya. At first, he was very attracted to her, making comments about her boobs, you know, and struggling to look away from it, making comments about how he was surprised that Trey you know isn't being very romantic with her and that he wants to satisfy his partner a lot of sexual innuendos which I'll elaborate on when I get to the reunion because we learn even more about that but then all of a sudden we see the 180 and the ice cold cold shoulder no affection with Raya and a lot of people are arguing you know Well, James was missing Ryan. You can tell that he thought about Ryan, the whole experience. When I watched it, be it the editing or be it what actually happened, it seemed like he was purposely punishing her for not wanting to be physically intimate. that That's how I took it. It seemed like once sex was off the table and she expressed that the type of intimacy she was really wanting to experience these next three weeks or two weeks together in um, their marriage was hand-holding and, you know, small acts of service, small affections, um, hugs, and, you know, just feeling secure into him. That's not what a marriage was. He even says, "Let's take it back to middle school, then." And that those were my red flags with James. Like this is why I, I didn't like him. His revelations about his trauma seemed a little bit. Mm, Convenient, given the experience and what's going on, to reveal them—it potentially even manipulative—to reveal all of that trauma and be like, "This is the reason why I never really opened up," or you know, "This is why I never felt good enough for you." I'm not sure when the cheating happened, but it it could even apply to that. I'm sure his rational—his his rationalizing to Ryan is, you know, "I didn't feel confident in myself. I didn't feel like you could love me. You know, I cheated on you. I didn't want to." whatever it's not that he's invalid like trauma really does affect that however it just seems tactical and it seems like he could potentially weaponizing that against her to explain bad behavior keeping her up until 3 a.m. no matter how you spin it is inappropriate regardless of the camera presence regardless of feeling not yourself during this experience that just felt like a snippet into their life um We'll get it more into them. But they said yes. Getting back to the plot, they said yes to each other. Um, He goes down this spiral where I ultimately thought that he wasn't going to propose. And then he gets down on one knee and he says, it's always been you, Ryan. Will you marry me? And she says yes. And, you know, they're together now. I thought that when Ryan said she knows that she would be okay now without James... I thought that that meant she was ready to break away. But, you know, therapists, if you're listening, let me know. Is that healthy? You know, is it healthy to be okay if your partner walks away? Is that a sign of not being codependent and just being really strong? Or should she not have... You know, some real sour taste in her mouth if her partner walks away. I, I really couldn't tell. I wanted her to not choose him, as I've already said, and I wanted her to either date Trey or do something else. Let's move on to the next couple. We see Alex and Kat come out. This is another couple that Netflix just really did a disservice. We saw nothing really between them. Like Kat was the most emotive and verbal about their relationship and how special Alex was to her and how she saw a future. And all of the storyline that we saw for Alex was either, you know, aggressive or potentially even demeaning just hard sarcastic and it doesn't really seem like he's that way after watching the finale even his words that he used to propose to Kat I I feel good about this couple this is the one couple I feel good about no I didn't see this happening I really thought that he was not ready for marriage and potentially even just a little bit in his selfish era um He kind of seemed like a narcissist even, so I wasn't sure that he could admit his flaws or see the value in Kat because at times he sounded like he was diminishing how intelligent she is, how she wouldn't just let him trample all over her, how strong she is, but... Like I said, at the end, seeing them together, I think that they both really complement each other. I do think that they will be happy. I think it's clear that because her Alex's mom texted Kat something about Roxanne, I think they're pretty close. I think they have an ideal setup for their marriage and wishing them well ending on Roxanne and Antonio. They were the last couple that we saw. And Roxanne, you know, keeps Antonio in waiting the entire proposal. It almost seems like he has to prod her to say yes or coax her because it's not coming naturally. She's not excited about it. And maybe he knew that and was expecting it. And he was okay with her not being excited to marry him as long as she'll do it. It's just an unhealthy relationship dynamic here. Um, They need a common enemy. They need people to have larger problems than each other. Um, And most of the time, from what it seems, like, people are just pointing out, like, how volatile they are to one another. And that's when that person becomes the enemy for pointing it out. It's like Voldemort. Like, don't talk about my disrespect for Antonio. Okay, We won't have to talk about it, but everybody sees it. It's apparent. I I get the vibe. I I don't want to diminish Roxanne, but she just seems like she kind of demeans everybody. Like, it it, it seems like she's unhealed. She needs to go to therapy, really work on herself, because everybody else is the problem except for her. She's very kind to herself and how she describes herself and her outlook on working and her marriage. It seems like she talks about work more than she actually works. Um, she she just she's just too much for me. I don't know what her sign is, but whatever sign, she's like the dark side of it. I'm not. We would not get along well, and so she says yes to Antonio. I'm not even happy to really put the ring on. Let's get into the finale because I have a lot of thoughts on this couple, but might as well just get into the rest. So we start. By seeing Lisa and Brian come back, I was surprised because I honestly thought that they were going to no-show. I thought it was going to be like Josh and Jackie not showing up, just kind of like, fuck it. She literally said, fuck marriage, fuck the ultimatum, and fuck you. I'll never forget that. That's an epic quote. Shout out to Lisa for just dropping that. However problematic people may feel that she was, That, to me, was epic, that entire scene in the parking lot. I'll never forget Jax from Vanderpump Rules when he goes out in the parking lot and rips his shirt off. Like, there's just something about being in the parking lot and losing it that you need it on reality TV. So the main question when Lisa and Brian got here was, did you have the baby? I think there was a lot of speculation amongst the group, potentially even viewers, if Lisa was truly pregnant, if she wanted to just leave the experience, if she knew she was pregnant prior and was waiting um, to like use that, but regardless, she was pregnant, she they have a beautiful son now. What's his name? It was cute. Mason. Baby Mason. So Lisa and Brian have baby Mason now. Congratulations to them. I think that Lisa looked bad on this season. I think that she reacted how people in the real world without cameras would act if nobody was watching them. I don't condone the physical aspect when she hit Brian's face, but the rest the volatility, even the explosiveness towards Raya, no matter how wrong we think that that is, and it was wrong, by the way, to demean Raya that way. Um, she she was very real for that. Like sh- that that was real anger, real hurt, real. Why the fuck do I have to watch you stumble around with other girls? Why can't you just choose me outright out the gate? Why are we even here? You know, and granted, they came here and he let Lisa have conversations with Trey... But she knows him. She probably saw Raya, knows that's Brian's type, instantly was like, fuck this situation. This is my worst nightmare. I just want to get out of here. And yeah, she she proceeded to give us that great speech, fuck the ultimatum. Then she called Raya in the parking lot a Hooters bitch. She said, what are you going to learn from this Hooters bitch? She's got nothing to teach you. And at the reunion, she's pretty much like, I said what I said. Yeah. I I don't take it back. It's not about your career. I didn't judge you based off of your profession. Those are the words that I said, but I judged you based off of your actions. You walked in thirsty. You acted like you didn't like Trey. It seemed like you were really into Brian. I love Brian. You know, like I want to marry Brian. So she was basically like, I said what I said. I wasn't having it. Like I was not having it. I thought that you had nothing to teach him. And... Yeah, she kinda of doubles down. And for that, get her on another show. I li- I I'm not saying I'm supporting someone for being wrong, but this is reality television we're talking about. And for the limited time that they were on stage, it was a good confrontation. It was a good conversation. Brian looked way better without the glasses. I don't know if anybody caught this, but his glasses he was wearing, he literally like left the tag on. Not sure if he was going to take them back. Not sure if that's the style, and I'm like not into it. But he looked way better without the glasses. Lisa looks amazing. I can't even believe she had a child that's only three months old, maybe even less. She looks great. I'm wishing the two of them well. I don't know that the baby or you know therapy right away will fix things, but we can hope because nobody wants a broken home. It would be great to have both parents, and I like their outlook too. It's not an option to be a bad parent, so we're either great parents together or we're great parents on our own and not in the relationship. Wishing them all the best. After Roxanne jumps into Lisa's defense and says that since we find out that Lisa's pregnant it's likely she was also hormonal while she was on the show she probably couldn't even really control or censor her emotions the way that she typically would um roxanne loves to give a life raft to someone who's just as toxic as she is because she seems to demean every woman who is like outwardly kind like she can't stand cat like cat really bothers her um, I don't know how she feels about Raya. It doesn't necessarily seem like they have that great of a friendship. Um, and Raya is also pretty sweet outwardly. So I don't know. She, she makes fun of girls who like to get married and have weddings. She said in one episode, whatever. Not that, not that Lisa is just toxic, but Roxanne just loves to defend people who are just like her. Um, and so then she tells us that she's in the boob business. Then she elaborates... I'm in the tip business. Like I've said before in my TikToks, she has to be the most shocking person in the room. It's... I don't like... I don't like the overly sexual, like, woman. Like, I, it's just... It annoys me sometimes. Like, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes the Amy Schumers, the Alanas from broad city sometimes that annoys me like I can't always tolerate it and she just annoys me always wanting to be the center of attention be different I fuck marriage I want to be alone like okay Ugh, don't even come on the show I also just want to know if anybody else thinks that Roxanne looks like a combination of Rosalia and Casey Musgraves because those are the two faces that I see the most maybe even a little bit of Kyle Richards but let me know who she looks like because I need to come up with someone cuz it's frying my brain like I said they show clips of Roxanne talking about work and it's she talks about work so much that She, she shouldn't even like if she truly worked that much, she wouldn't have even been able to come on the show. Like, let's be so real. Most people are taking time off their jobs. You're filming for a long time during the day. If you were that busy working, you wouldn't have came on here point blank like or if you did you wouldn't be working at all like if you were that established in your business you could you could take three weeks off and not talk about your job and like have a personality that exists outside of it lots of successful entrepreneurs and CEOs don't walk around and bleed their job when they're not working like there's a duality that she doesn't have and work compensates for a lot of her personality anyways Roxanne's not wearing the ring. Vanessa and Nick point out that she has a ring on every single finger on the left hand except for her ring finger. Alex is like, it's literally more work for you not to wear it. Like, and in, in the fact that you have all of these other rings on, it just seems intentional. And Antonio said, you know, yeah, I feel like you're embarrassed of me. And that's why you're not wearing the ring. And... Then we find out he even added stones to this ring. Like I said, the ring's not that cute by itself. Whatever he did to it, I mean, from however far away we saw it in the box, it looked gorgeous. He added two extra rings to her ring just to try to make it gaudier, bougier, better for her. That's still not enough for her to, like, take it out of the box. Like, and, and this is where my empathy drops for Antonio because you know who she is. You know where she prioritizes you in her life and just living in the same house as you, just being able to call her your girlfriend, have her on your arm isn't enough. If he just wants to be I don't know I, I Antonio is a problem he needs to literally go to therapy and figure out why he needs validation from others that he can't give himself it's it's kind of screaming mommy issues I've said that before like he just needs Roxanne's approval and he just doesn't care what she thinks of him as long as they're together you know he needs to work on self-validating he needs to come back to and revisit his thoughts on that relationship and realize that he can offer himself so much validation he knows his worth he doesn't need her to degrade him um and leave like that's that's truly what needs to happen there I'm really not sure if it ever will it's almost borderline obsession for the two of them and it seems like their relationship two years it seems like much longer it's just a series of decisions that shouldn't be made where they still end up together you know for only being together two years for her to literally for everyone in her life to know that she feels like antonio doesn't try hard enough she demeans him she makes him sound like he's literally a 20 year old in a band or like a starving artist with no ambitions it at the reunion we see that he's now owns several car washes and this still isn't even his dream. Like, he just has no thoughts outside of Roxanne. Like, he's like, Roxanne always wanted to get in the cars, so this is something for us. Like, if he's always proving his worth by being good enough for Roxanne, he even said, I feel like if I checked all of her boxes, I would feel better about demanding her to wear it or demanding respect. It's, it's, a, it's a you issue, Antonio, she can't solve that for you. And unfortunately, I guess she's the type of person that sees that insecurity um, and exploits it, either makes herself feel better or maybe she's trying to harden him and make him get get over it. But she, the, the clear conversation is, Antonio, you let me disrespect you. You have no self-worth. Like, he, we need to not be together because if you did, you wouldn't let me talk to you this way. And... I'm a bad person for being like this. Say that, Roxanne. You're welcome. Write that down. Um, I like that. Like, like I said, I don't think Alex is nearly as bad as how we saw him painted. I like that he stood up for Antonio and he was just kind of like, hey, it, it would hurt my feelings if Kat didn't wear it. I never want you to feel like I was telling you stuff to spite Roxanne because of our time together. I literally told you that because I would want to know If Kat was talking about me behind my back and saying these things and just stand in it, Alex, because, yes, he's not wrong. He is not wrong. She doesn't respect him that. And I like, too, that Kat had a backbone when they came over to her and she said that she's going to work on being such an agreeable listener, because what a great way to phrase that. She sounds like someone who's actively in therapy right now. I've not heard that term just used conversationally, but it's a great way to describe when you are, you know, nodding your head and listening at something that you don't agree and not voicing your opinion enough. It's really easily easy, especially as a woman, to be very agreeable, whether it's for safety issues or we are just literally... We're just literally brought up that way. It's 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 in us, you know, so it's innate to be agreeable. And I like that she's working on that. Um, I like that she stood up to Roxanne and said, I stand by not really caring about what you said because it felt like it's not coming from a good place. Roxanne's such a petty bitch. Like, even when they were talking about how they were excited for their actual planned wedding. Roxanne and Antonio have no planned wedding. Um, And, you know, they're excited to have children someday. He sees her as having her children. Roxanne chimes in and she's like, it's so interesting that Alex has baby fever with you. And it's seeming like that's a change in him. Because with me, we talked instantly about having 12 babies And Kat's pretty much like, listen, bitch, you joking about your 12 babies that you guys in theory could have and us actually planning to have a family is completely different. Shut up, Roxanne. And you know what? She was trying to put... She also made a comment about how Alex had doubts about her and like that, you know, minimized like the seriousness of their relationship Shut up. You still, even after you said yes to your engagement, have major doubts about Antonio to the point where everybody knows them. There's nothing really to know about Roxanne and Antonio other than she has serious doubts about every aspect of his personality and their life together. So I'm proud of them. Alex and Kat's wedding is May 10th. I wrote it down, 2023. Does that mean they're already married? Probably. They've probably been married for three months, kept it under wraps. I'm excited to see wedding photos. (sighs) Let's end with Ryan's TikTok, okay? I don't know what her TikTok's about. She posted a TikTok about her ex, and, you know, you can keep my ex, and she uses a song that has a censored, um, it's a song Keep Dat. It's censored, so there's no N-word in it. Um, but she's still dancing to it. It feels weird. I guess it's supposed to be about James. A joke that her butt got bigger and now she looks good because James has a big butt that wouldn't fit into his pants. <laughs> no one's going to do this. Mental, mental mind games. If you do, congratulations. To me, it seems inappropriate. She's white. She doesn't need to pick a song that has the N-word in it, even if it's censored out. There's a million songs that don't talk about that. She could have done Taylor Swift, Paramore, Livia Rodrigo. She could have done a million songs to talk about leaving her ex, The tone that she used it, and because Trey is her actual ex from this experience, not James, who she is probably married to by now, it's just weird. I'm not saying to cancel her. I'm not saying that I suddenly don't like her, but it was weird. It was distasteful. It left a weird taste in my mouth. I think a lot of people are going to watch the video in the 10 seconds it takes to watch it like I did and be like, ew. She's basically saying, I look good now. Raya, you can keep Trey. I'm good with James. Like, that's just how it seems. And like I said, bad taste in my mouth. I'm not somebody that's just quiet about things I don't like. She went from being one of my favorites to that giving me pause because she should have looked at the optics, okay? It doesn't look good to use a different song choice. You're white. I doubt you even listen to that music. Like, she was the Southern Belle hi everybody, like just put on Carrie Underwood or somebody, put on Alana something, whatever that girl's name is that Charity loved from The Bachelor, that won American Idol. Put on something different. That's just my opinion. So this about wraps up the reunion. We heard way too much of Vanessa and Nick. They chime in, whether it's with their marital stories, their quips about how old Nick is. He's 50. He doesn't know how to get on the computer. Shut up. This works for the Golden Bachelor who's like 70 something. This doesn't work for you. You look creepy. Like Vanessa always tries to make him look creepy. I think they like she gets off on that. I think she wants to make Nick look creepy to everybody else. Except for her. She's like, obviously, nobody would love Nick Cliche except for me because he's creepy. He has to stand on a stool to kiss me. I don't I don't know. I hate their relationship. Can we get a copy of their contracts? Did they sign for a certain amount of seasons? I don't know. Overall, the season was mid. I'm going to be honest. You can't give us you can't give us a season like Ultimatum Queer Love and then give us this. They didn't show us enough positivity in the couples. There wasn't enough good dialogue. Oh, James is fucking weird. I forgot to dive into this because I didn't take down notes. So sorry, I'm backtracking for a second. When you talked about the fact that he played a bondage game with Raya and then coupled that with the fact that I said earlier he iced her out after knowing no intimacy, it's almost like he was disappointed in her kinkiness or her like, sexual comfortability and and punished her. They showed clips of him and Ryan being super, super sexual. He did, like... I guess it wasn't... Like I said, they show us the scenes how they want us to feel about someone. They wanted us to hate James this season. I guess he danced for Ryan with his apron on, got naked for her. Looks like they had a lot of sex. Looks like they dripped wax, candles on each other. He talks something about a sounding rod, something that you stick up your dick cat somehow knew what that was LOL to cat that just makes me like her even more cat's cool they didn't show us enough of cat um, but it's just ick it's just ick like he was he's the last person who I would want to see the sexual stuff from it doesn't make me like them anymore to see them acting like that or to talk about James after dark James after dark. Let's talk about him keeping her up until 3 a.m. like she as if she's a nocturnal animal. Like let's talk about that. That her his interrogation tactics and if he's ever worked for the army or the Navy Seals, where did he learn this? That's what I want to talk about, not his nastiness, his sexuality. I'm good that's how I'm going to end. Thank you for listening to this episode. Let's say you're new here. Leave me a review. If you loved the episode, follow me on Instagram at positively uncensored. Drop me a comment on my latest TikTok If you're already following me there, let me know that you listened to this podcast, that you loved it. I'm super excited to connect with more people. I post videos like this all the time. We've got Selling the OC right around the corner. The New Love is Blind. There's tons and tons of fall reality shows. I have a whole schedule for them right on my Instagram. You can use it so that you can stay on track. And I'm going to be recapping them on TikTok, on my podcast. So stay tuned. Love you all.